Stop spinning your wheels shopping price. Your Metro Mitsubishi dealers have done it for you. There's a lot about the new Galant. Galant, no. Like being first in its class with dual airbags, standard In fact, look after on the magazine's automatic transmission with air conditioning. It said it matched the worst car production in its class. A class provide that that includes a cord and camera. And what do you pay for all this? Just two oh nine a month with a thousand down. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh hell yeah! Hell yeah! The defense is atrocious. John Parsor, the rock star. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love no playing there. Oh, man. I'm sorry. It's just hitting hit me right now. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? All right. Welcome back. Um, ben Kra, the Rewatchables, our uh, film podcast is now firmly in the rear view that's right episode two is in the books yep yep we are back in the thick of uh playoff basketball here man it's the uh 94 nba eastern conference finals between the knicks and the pacers ben last we spoke the knicks took game one how you doing man how you feeling about game two today at madison square garden feeling really good about game two um also just wanted to quickly note that we are uh we are just really excited by the response to uh to episode two of our rewatchables spinoff uh podcast series um you know we've been getting a lot a lot of uh of uh, letters and messages, mm-hmm. uh, voicemails, texts, you name it. Um, yeah, it's been really, really cool to see uh, yes. just how, how much that has blown up. So Thank you um, for all the positive feedback. Keep it coming. Yep, um, yep. It was a big smash hit. We Let's just say that we hear you loud and clear, and we will bring be bringing you more rewatchables in the future. So Yeah, uh, I think uh, s- stay tuned. a really good precedent was set there um, with, uh, you know, deep diving here on a uh, 94 uh, playoff uh, series with the Knicks and the Bulls, and then we needed to cleanse the palate. And I can mm-hmm. assure our listeners that we will once again be cleansing the palate between uh, – this round of the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. So yep. I think um, we've we've struck kind of a we've we've hit on kind of a perfect formula here, Chris. Yep. Uh, and you know what? When when you find something that's working, you stick with it. That's, that's my right. motto. That's right, man. Okay, so we are back today, Ben, for Game Two. The date is Game Two. Yeah, May twenty sixth. We are at uh, Madison Square 1994. Garden. Nineteen ninety four. Nineteen ninety four. Game Two between the Knicks and the Indiana Pacers. We're at Madison Square Garden, Ben. We are watching today's game on the MSG Network, which is an exciting... MSG. Yeah, yeah, an exciting change for, I feel like, most of the broadcasts that we've been watching the games on have have mostly been uh, NBC or TNT. That's right. Um, so this is exciting today. We are we are watching the broadcast from uh, the vantage point of Marv Albert and John Andres, um, Two legends, Marv and Johnny Hoops on the call. Um, yeah, I was uh, so, so happy to see that we had MSG for game two. Uh, again, this is the the Pick and Roll UK YouTube account mm. that we are watching these games from. Um, now, sadly, uh, like game one, Chris, we do not, we do not have commercials yeah. in this, uh, in this posting, in this, in this, in this uh, uh, you know, re-airing. 
on, on YouTube. Um, that was a, uh, just a devastating, um, thing to, to learn, uh, when I clicked on the link, but, uh, but luckily, uh, we, we do have, uh, Marv and Johnny hoops, um, and, uh, and, and they brought the goods for, for game two. Um, also important to note as, uh, they will be discussing throughout the game, this would actually be the final, uh, MSG broadcast of the season. That's right. Uh, because from here on out, all the games, in fact, it's kind of crazy that it took this long. This is now, you know, the second game of the Eastern Conference finals. Um, but somehow not all of these games were on network television yet. Um, so we had game two on MSG as the final, uh, MSG broadcast of the season from here on out, all the games would be aired on NBC. Um, so, uh, which means that Marv Albert will stay on the calls because he also served as the, you know, the national NBC play-by-play man. Um, but it would be his last um, uh, pairing with uh, his his partner, his color commentary partner, John Andres on on MSG Network. So this is their 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 swan song, as uh, as Johnny Hoops says at one point. Ben, on a side note, do you know when Marv left MSG? I, he, there was obviously an acrimonious you know uh, breakup there. Do you know I, when that happened? I believe that his final season on MSG was ninety seven or ninety eight, and then. Mike Breen took over as the as the play-by-play guy and did a season with alongside uh, John Andres, I think in '98, before Walt Frazier, uh, before Clyde took over the uh, color job uh, from Johnny Hoops. Um, so uh, yeah, I want to say it was okay. yeah like ninety ninety eight around there nineties before the two thousands. Yeah. Okay, but then of course Marv continued on NBC and right. still continues to this day on uh, on TNT, I believe. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did he, has he is he is he done? Did he announce his retirement? I know that's no. like was going to be happening soon. No, yeah, okay. no, he's still around. I think he he uh, will kind of come out for the special occasion, kind of the big games. You know what I mean? Right. NBA All. I mean, pretty incredible. The guy. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, at some point we'll have to do. I don't know. I know we say this every episode, a, a new deep dive on some random player or thing. But a Marv Albert deep dive would be a real treat. Um, what a what a legend! Um, Absolutely, you know, started started calling Knicks games in like 1969, I think, um, when he was like 25 years old or something insane like that. Um, yeah, guys, just I mean, in my opinion, the greatest of all time basketball announcer. Um, and uh, and and he was in uh, he was in top top form uh, as we'll get to in this game. Absolutely, yeah. All right, man. Let's get to it. So, any thoughts, observations here in the pregame before the opening tip on your end? Well, just so so great to be um, in the garden and on MSG Network. So we get um, the the full uh, you know MSG uh, introduction. The lights go down. The lasers come on. We've got that classic jumbotron video Dude, chris where absolutely yeah, yeah. incredible i mean absolutely right? <laughs> incredible like i we're flying through the streets of new york in like a 1994 cgi like computer simulation uh we're going through downtown manhattan we're going we're zooming along the avenues buildings flying by um we are i guess a basketball um right this is from the point of view of a flying basketball. Yes, that's and right. Yeah. Now, please welcome the Atlantic Division champions, your new York Knicks. At guard at six five from Oklahoma State, number three, John Starks. At guard at six four from Illinois, number eleven, Dan. 
Like wistful and like nostalgic for no no like, no 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 Chris Chris we don't yeah. no 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 we don't do we don't do wist and nostalgia okay. here uh, on the podcast uh, that's obviously not not what you're experiencing okay well I I then just I, I don't know if I'm partial or what it is but this was just the most badass introduction here for the Knicks mm-hmm. and I, I also want to talk about the Pacers introduction but let's start with the Knicks um, just like the laser lights man the whole thing mm. was so trippy. Um, you know, you had the the Knicks logo sort of lasered onto the court, then these spinning Ugh. lights, the triangles, very like Pink Floydy. Um, yeah, the opening like shapes, uh, like spinning around the court via laser, and then like Dude, you said, I, they pan up to the jumbotron. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I like so so specifically remember that laser show. The first time um, seeing it was in '93. That was the first uh, playoff. Um, you know, the year that I, that I that I watched Knicks playoff ball, um, the series against the Bulls was kind of the first time I became like sort of conscious, but uh, as as a basketball fan, but um, I I like so so clearly vividly remember watching that laser show and just being like, this is the coolest thing that I've ever seen, and no other basketball team or like city would like do something like this. It made me feel so special so it's such a silly thing but it literally like made me feel like special and um and like unique um and like superior as like a as like a fan of this team um because we had the best intro i remember you know when uh game three in that series when when they went to chicago stadium and the bulls had this like intro um you know obviously they had like the um the famous song uh uh the alan parsons project song whatever that was the um, you know, like so iconic Bulls intro song, but their light show was like some some like spotlights that like swirled around. They didn't even fucking have lasers. It was so lame. Um, but the MSG laser show, I remember just thinking like this is this is like something truly like magical and so cool. And it just made you. It just like again, it just heightened your level of investment. It just like made you think like, yeah, okay, this is this is a team that is different. Yeah, and it's um, also like a city that's different. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's a, it's the city where like Broadway is. You know, and it, yeah, and like yeah. this, like it sounds silly to say that, but like this, like laser light performance, like spoke to that level of like, yeah, we do things different here. This is like, yeah, this this is Broadway. You know, like yeah. this, you're playing this, in this, Madison this Square Garden, and like this is like the the most famous arena in the world and yeah this is the big time folks yeah this is not some some bullshit uh you know amateur hour nonsense right like this is the absolute pinnacle okay Um, small nitpicky thing here but dude uh about the pacers lineup uh uh intros do you remember i forgot man how ludicrous reggie miller did this little like the fucking dance dance routine here tonight's starting lineup first for the pacers from Paul Roberts, number three, Haywood Workman. Yeah. 
At guard at 6'7 from UCLA, number 31, Reggie Miller. Yes. At forward at 6'10 oh, Oh, as soon as yeah. I saw it, it's like unmistakable. It's like, oh yeah. my god! Like this brings did you, me right back to my childhood. Like I feel the venom in my blood. Did I, you throw up a little bit in your mouth, like oh, I did, and then dude, and then yes. have to swallow it back down, yes. and then throw up again because you had just swallowed vomit? Yeah. Yes. That, that it's happened un- to me. Unmistakable when you see it. You're like, oh uh, my god, that's right. He used to dance. He did this fucking dance. It was I, just him, and then he would, like, pick a teammate. It wasn't, like, a team dance. It was no. just Reggie, because Reggie was so cool. No, He man. would, like, pick some poor mm-hmm. schmuck teammate, like Haywood Workman, yep. or, like, fucking, I don't know, like, Vern Fleming or something like that. And he would clearly, you, you could tell, like, he was just like, uh, yeah, like, so here's a, uh, here's some notes. These are all the moves right. that we're going to have to do. There's, like, right. 20 yeah. fist bumps, and then we fist bump under our legs, and then we click our heels together. Like, he saw, like, House Party and was right. like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm as cool as the guys in House Party. I want to do that dance. Or, like, Michael Jackson or some shit. And, and was like, yeah, 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 I'm going to do that because uh, that's how cool I am. Clearly, clearly forced uh, some poor teammate against his will Terrible. to learn all the moves uh, to do it with him. Yeah, and then like did like a like a spin move at the end uh, before like tearing his warm ups off. So fucking pathetic, like just hum- like frankly humiliating to 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 observe. Um, and uh, yeah, but that's you know that's who Reggie Miller was. It's so funny, man. Like as soon as I saw it happening, obviously I felt like, ooh, oh my god, I'm like throwing up in my mouth, like you said. Yeah, but the thing is, initially in my notes, I was like, oh man, I forgot that the Pacers used to do these stupid dances. But then I watched the full introduction. I was like, wait, no, it's just fucking Reggie nope. and like Workman. Like he made Workman do that thing. It, it's yeah. not like it's not like the Davis brothers and Rick Smiths were doing this. It was no. it was a Reggie Miller specific thing. It wasn't even yeah. a, a team-wide thing. It was like, oh my God, that's right. He was so loathsome and awful. Yeah. Um, I wonder if like other players were like, hey, Reggie, like should, do you think we should do it too? And he was like, no, 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 no guys, no. this is just for me. This is my move. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. I I'll, have... I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you know if I need you as a partner. <laughs> right. Maybe next game, okay, if you get lucky. Exactly. I have Larry yeah. Brown in my notes. Larry Brown looking especially creepy, especially Ugh. bloodthirsty, almost like sort of like an investment banker by day who is this like insane cannibal by night. Mm-hmm. Just feeling mm-hmm. very unsettled by his general vibe pre-game. Definitely has a basement full of chains and torture devices. <laughs> yes. yes, a literal dungeon in his basement, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, man. So let's hop into it with quarter one here. So um, unless you have any other uh, uh, thoughts uh, regarding the pre-game. No, I think we're good. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, getting into some specifics here, we'll try to keep it moving as much as possible, Ben. Um, yeah. I, you know, Patrick picks up an early foul on Smiths. Um, and the first yeah, it th- goes right at Smiths right off the bat, yep. draws a foul, first possession of the game, yep. I believe. Yep, 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 yep. And um, yeah, the w- w- one of the early observations I had was just that Reggie gets on the board early. He ties the game yeah. two to two. And it's like, okay, you know, let's see, let, let's see if, if game two is going to be a different sort of uh, result for Reggie Miller here. Right. I, I wrote, uh-oh, as soon as uh, Miller yep. steps, did a little step back, long two, drills it. Yeah, he seems like, especially oh, focused. Yep, 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 yeah. yep. Patrick here with four early points in the first, knocks down a jumper on the baseline. All of a sudden, eight to two, the Knicks are in front. 
about nine or so minutes into our stream. Chime in, Ben, with anything that uh, I may have jumped past here. Yeah, Oakley's playing some some awesome smothering defense on uh, on Dale Davis, uh, grabbing rebounds. He's slapping the ball, you know, like doing like the the, yep. the slap strip on uh, on, on Smiths, Smiths right? uh, when he tries to back down Ewing. Oh yeah, um, and Charles how, Smith how about, is looking pretty aggressive. Yeah, I was going to say how about Charles Smith on that play, going coast to coast. So we have Oakley stripping the ball from Smiths. Smiths stripped by Oakley. If you could see Ewing backing off as he started to go to the hoop. Charles Smith. And then, uh, Charles Smith going coast to coast. A great move at the basket. All of a sudden, it's yep. 10 to 2. The Knicks are in front. About 8.58 left in the first quarter. Larry Brown calls a timeout. Knicks are out yep, to a 20 fast. 22nd timeout, Indiana, yeah. after a, a 2 to 10 start. And just Knicks are out to a fast start. They look good, all cylinders firing. And you have Smith struggling a little bit. Patrick, like I said, has four early points. And, you know, all, all cylinders firing. The Knicks look very sharp early in the uh, first quarter here. 6.50 left in the quarter. Ewing. And he's fouled once again. Ewing uh, makes a strong move inside and draws the second foul on Smiths. Yes. So he has to go to the bench. Yes. Um, it's now uh, 12 to 8 New York with 6.50 to go. And key here is Smiths um, is 0 for 4 from the floor to start the game. And now he has a second right. foul. He's headed to the bench. So a really, uh, you know, this is a change. You know, obviously Smiths was very dominant in game one, was really yeah, carrying kind of, the Pacers. Kind of like the only reliable offensive weapon yeah. uh, that Indiana had in game one. Re- so. Reggie was obviously nowhere to be found in game one. So, you know, yep. maybe not the greatest sign here for the Pacers. Rick Smiths headed to the bench, 0 for 4, 2 fouls. Yeah, Starks uh, beats Miller oh, for yeah. a little jumper. John Starks got the roll. Silky jumper, yep. Yep, but then he picks up his second, so he has to sit down. Hubert Davis comes in. I have a uh, Smith steal and a great lead pass to Harper on the run. And Miller lost Davis, but the pass picked off by Smith. Harper with a two-on-one, and he's fouled by Antonio Davis. Who gets fouled on his layup and proceeds to miss both free throws because Jesus. Derek Harper was a garbage free throw shooter. <laughs> Jesus, man. thank thank you, Derek. I forget what this note is in relation to, like what specific play, but <laughs> we can stick a pin in this and come back to it, like at another episode, at a, you know just a different point. But I mm. wrote, um, Ben, can we please look at Charles Oakley's career averages at some point? Basically, was Oakley kind of a a Carl Malone without the flashy post moves or above the rim athleticism? I feel like hmm. that is a um, extreme, you know, hyperbole. But like, I don't know, man. Like, he has some pretty gaudy stat lines here in these playoff games. You know, he is he. Oh. He's like rebounding wise, he he is certainly in Malone's league, if not if not above it. Yeah, um, he basically. Seems... I mean, clearly doesn't have the off the you know the full offensive repertoire that that Malone had. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of just you know general body size and and you know sort of uh, impact on the game. I mean, probably a better defender than Malone ever was. Um, right. It seems like they had similar responsibilities. And like, I, I would say it was Oakley, maybe, maybe. Can we say Oakley was a extremely poor man's Carl Malone, again, without the flashy post moves, without the above the rim athleticism, you know, without like the, yeah. the mailman dunking, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I would I would say that's fair. I mean, you know, it's tough to compare when, when Malone just had such a, a completely uh, massive... Um, you know, offensive responsibility. Yes. So you sort of, you know, the, the sort of yeah. weight on his shoulders in terms of like the load he had to carry. Certainly. Uh, Apples and oranges. You know, yeah. Yeah. 
So Oakley was sort of able to do the things that he did because of the fact that he wasn't so heavily relied upon on right. the offense. So he had Absolutely. you know more energy to expend elsewhere. But um, but yeah, you know, I think in like an alternate universe, they could have been pretty pretty similar players. I have uh, a note here about Pat Riley talking up Greg Anthony's changing shooting form. I think he surprised him. He he's capable. His range has gotten better. It's not a throw anymore. You know, it may look like it, but he's yeah. been working on it and. Uh, you know, somewhere when you leave guys wide open, you're going to get burned by that. So, I mean, his threes in, in the first half really opened it up for us. Not a throw anymore. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although it was still kind of a throw, that's but sometimes yeah. sometimes it would go in. Oh, and then here we have, uh, I have, uh, so Anthony Mason hits a couple of uh, free throws to make it 19 to 14. And then Antonio Davis doing his best Sean Kemp impersonation. Knicks have gone four minutes without a field goal as Antonio Davis hammers one down. This and one the Knicks lead is now really pique your interest. Bennett has great dunk legs. And yeah, I was going to say, I have it in my notes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Not, not so much Sean Kemp, Chris, as young Shaquille Shaq. O'Neal. Yeah, yeah. The way, the way his knees are up at the rim when he hammers that thing down, two-hand jam, mm-hmm. like knees up and, uh, you know, uh, uh, yes. up at the rim, screams as he dunks it. Um, so there are two... Yeah, very, very young Shaq. Yeah, yeah. Two key things about this dunk uh, that caught my attention. One... We have dunk legs in terms that they're bent. So they're great bent dunk legs. And then Mm -hmm. you have the primal scream, which was Uh, literally... Wasn't that like the logo on the Shaquille O'Neal sneaker? Am I crazy? Do you remember the Shaq? Yeah, the Shaq attack. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely, sneakers. absolutely remember that logo. Yeah. yeah, where where you see it, the hands hanging from the rim with, with the knees like like the, practically touching the rim. Yeah, the knees bent very high in the air. Password: Don't fake the funk on a nasty dunk. ID: You're early, but I'm ready. Then prove it. That's like a that was like a, a dunk that like. I feel like only existed in the 90s. Like, when's the last time you saw a player, like, do that in the NBA? Swinging, very knees up, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, very, very 90s. Real quick, uh, one thing we glossed over here. Reggie Miller, one of the best free throw shooters in the NBA. 91% from the line this season. Second to Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. Getting the treatment from the crowd as he hits on the first. We have another um, asshole, asshole oh, uh, Reggie yes, Miller chant um, yeah. with Reggie at the line. Won't be the only and I one love, today. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love, uh, yeah, it certainly would not be. I love that uh, Marv's um, description is that, of that is Reggie, quote, getting the treatment from the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> getting the treatment was a great Marvism. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. To finish up the first quarter, we have Patrick and Reggie Miller trading baskets to end the first. We end the first. The score is 25 to 21. Uh, just general kind of quarter quarter thoughts, uh, Patrick. Yeah, Ewing, Ewing has 10 points on the quarter. They just really can't stop him as usual smiths is is uh still on the bench at this point and they just have no answer for him so he's just getting whatever he wants he has 10 points in the quarter but uh miller also with 10 in a quarter so he's 
He's definitely come to play here in game two, it appears. Absolutely. So Reggie looks much better than game one. Smith's in trouble. Patrick playing well with 10 points. We are on to quarter two. Um, (laughs) Ben, the first thing I wrote was, uh, is LaSalle Thompson, it looks like he's wearing a bowling glove. Apparently Shaq broke his (laughs) hand in round one against the Magic. (laughs) Wow, yeah. LaSalle, a 12-year veteran out of the University of Texas. Past couple of years, he's been hit hard by injuries he was inadvertently hit by Shaquille O'Neal in game one of an opening series and suffered a broken bone in his left hand I remember that comment but I don't I don't think I caught the glove oh you should look at the glove let's find the beginning of the uh second quarter oh yeah wow that's like a full-on he's wearing like a nice. full bench <laughs> yeah. yeah that does look like a like a bowling glove you're right uh, yeah yeah LaSalle Thompson a very uh you know just bruising kind of big man mm-hmm. I guess he had he had battled some injuries um looks very much like a like a just a large uh like a blown up Haywood Workman yes um I would I would call him yes absolutely um yeah big bald head um kind of a guy that that could have easily you know been at home on the Knicks um sure much like much like a lot of these Pacers players I love the I actually had in my notes uh the start of the second they um uh Al Troutwig I believe does a little ad read and I love the funky jazz music that they're that they're playing on on MSG during this ad read yeah um of course you know I'm, I'm thirsting for anything here at this point we don't have uh you know uh, regular commercials in this uh in, in this posting on YouTube, but uh, but I'm I'm just trying to I'm scr- I'm scrapping for whatever I can get here. So we've got a little Re- Reebok ad read. Uh, pick and roll UK. Jazz music. Pick and roll UK. If you're listening, we appreciate you. Whatever you can do for us in terms of the ads, it's greatly appreciated. You know, but bottom line is we're just thrilled to be watching the game. Um, but yes, yep. any 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 sort of ad is a uh, is is much appreciated. You know, we're kind of trading baskets here a little bit. Nothing too much happening. Uh, there's a graphic that flashes up on the sc- on the screen, Ben, and I know we are going to oh, have boy. a lot to talk back here. So <laughs> oh boy! If there's anything yep. else you want to talk about in terms of the beginning of the second quarter, feel free. Otherwise, I think we need to talk about. No, we need to focus on this. Okay, so there's a graphic that MSG flashes on the screen. It's a quote f- from Rick Smiths. The title is "Future Plans." Well, seven foot four inch Rick Smiths coming out on the court. Has all the thoughts about basketball. He said, I'm trying to get my mechanics diploma now. I work on cars and motorbikes in the summer. I'm taking one of those home study courses. With his income, he can afford to have lots of automobiles in his garages and uh, spend some time doing what he loves to do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Ben. Now. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Anyone who has listened to uh, our trees draft will immediately, immediately be triggered by this little bit of trivia because I'm thinking to myself, wait, Rick Smith wants to be an auto mechanic. That's weird. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Rick Smith is very tall. He would be, he would be a pretty tall auto mechanic. Wait a minute. In fact, Rick Smith is exactly seven feet four inches tall chris yep which happens to be the exact same height as another (laughs) nba player who dabbled in auto mechanics mark eaton of course oh my god uh our number one draft Mm -hmm. uh draft pick in our tree draft if you need a refresher folks you can go back and listen to that we spent a good half hour i think on the uh, 
pre-NBA uh, um, career history of Mark Eaton, um, who was a professional auto mechanic in, what was it, like Arizona, I think, um, or California, wherever he lived as a, as a young man. At seven foot four, Mark Eaton is made to be a basketball player, but he hasn't always been sure that he could make a living at it. In fact, he was and still is a very good auto mechanic, takes care of his own cars, and that's where we talked to him as he tuned up his Chevy. Have you been an auto mechanic longer than you've been a basketball player? Uh, at this point, no. As of this year, I'm now one year further into basketball than I was into being a professional mechanic. Uh, yeah, a seven foot four auto mechanic, and you're thinking, my goodness, that has to be the only seven foot four auto mechanic in history. Nope. 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 It's not. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> it man. Turns out, seven foot four inch Rick Smith also wants to be an auto mechanic. Dude, I mean, I immediately screenshotted it. Yep. Wrote in all caps: Rick Smith's trying to become the second seven foot four <laughs> auto mechanic in history. Mm-hmm. But then, but then, incredibly, yeah, we. I realized that I was not the only one nope. that remembered uh, this connection. I, I was going to say he probably would be the tallest auto mechanic in America. However, my thought of Mark Eaton, who has the same, actually has the the same advocation. It's it's interesting. Two seven four guys. Mark Eaton, though, is huge upward and sideways. What is sad is that we both remember that. (laughs) Marv Albert, the legend, the goat, the god, Immediately calls out the fact that Mark Eaton was also an, had had a history in, in auto mechanics. Game recognizes um, game, man. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and I was just like, wow, Mark. Of course. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I mean, from one tree to another, a legacy of automotive service repair. A couple of grease monkeys, Ben. We got two mm-hmm. proud seven-foot-four-inch trees, a pair of yep. technicians both on the court and in the repair shop, Rick Smith's. And just, just wearing a clearly custom-made uh, jumpsuit um, that will fit a seven-foot-four-inch frame. Yep. Uh, no way, you know, you're going to be finding that at your uh, local hardware store. Yeah. But I'm sure that uh, you know, you, you go to your big and tall man shop, you can you can get one of those made for you if you need a an, uh, seven-foot-four-inch auto mechanic jumpsuit. Um, yeah. Uh, the the crazy thing is that so Rick Smith's, um, I guess Mark Eaton was mainly a, a car guy. But I read, I, of course, I had to do more research here, um, that he was uh, more of a, 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 a motorcycle guy. Smith? Um, yeah. Uh, well, it says in his quote here on screen, I work on cars and motorbikes in the summer. Um, and when I uh, did a little more research, I learned that Smith's actually raced motorcycles, like like motocross. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how the fuck do you do that? find a motorcycle? <laughs> Yeah, that will fit you. Um, and like, if you, f- yeah, wow, I don't know. I just uh, the, the the physics the physics of that really kind of boggled my mind. Fascinating. Um, well, but uh, I had one more thought, which was suddenly, man, all these Mitsubishi commercials, all these GMC commercials, all these Toyota commercials that we've been seeing during the playoff run, all of a sudden they're mm-hmm. making a little bit more sense, Ben. You know, because they mm-hmm. understand who the demographic is. There is a natural correlation there is a natural overlap between the nba audience and the automotive audience Mm -hmm. and it turns out some of these players they really like getting beneath the hood of a car 
And yeah, um, yeah, man. I, I, I was. They love their motors. They love their transmissions. Yeah, yeah. I was just pleasantly surprised to hear that Rick Smith was uh, so interested in a future in uh, auto mechanics. Um, you know, after basketball. So very cool, very exciting, and very yeah, you know, a real. A real renaissance man, um, and uh, and yeah, it props props to Rick for actually following his dreams and, and following through. He did, in fact, become um, you know uh, a, a mechanic, I believe, and in, in a, in a racer of uh, of cars and motorcycles. Yep. You know, after his playing career, um, and of course, shouts to uh, to Marv uh, and uh, and Johnny Hoops for remembering the Smiths Eaton connection. Um, a little bit later on, uh, John Andres says. Uh, what's sad? Oh no, sorry. Marv, Marv actually remarks. Uh, what's sad is that we both remember that John, <laughs> referring to the fact that he was able to just, uh, you know, recall that that Mark Eaton also had a an auto mechanic past. If they only um, knew. If they only knew. Yeah. All right. Not not sad at all, Marv. <laughs> no. Not sad at all. All right. Getting back Nothing to the uh, to the hardwood here. So uh, I have Mason with a nice putback, twenty seven twenty four with nine twenty left in the game. Knicks are up by three. Um, Sam Mitchell responds, hits a jumper, 27-26. And then we're just kind of trading baskets here. Except then the Knicks suddenly stop making baskets. That's right, that's right. And they stop making baskets in their usual fashion for... Basically, they just go completely flat. Um, yep. Following the, the, the Mason bucket, they don't score again uh, for, I don't even know, like five, six minutes or something like that. Um and their offense is just like disgusting. It's just like you know turnover, like clanks, clank shots, just like no ball movement. Um, Knicks are uh, one of one for nine in the second here with about seven minutes remaining. Uh, Smiths is bodying Ewing down low. Knicks can't throw it in the ocean. At one point, they are now one for sixteen. One for in the- sixteen. <laughs> One for 16 in the second quarter. I thought, uh, dude, I had to pause it. I was like, I must have read that wrong. That can't be. Yeah. The Knicks yeah. were one for 16 in, one for 16. in the second quarter. Um, and the Pacers are six of 10 at that point. Six, 12 yeah. left in the second. Now it is 33, 27, Indiana. That's right. Indiana's on a, uh, a 19 to six run, I believe, at this point. Um they are oh finally finally yes. <laughs> Derek Harper breaks the uh, the drought yeah. with what else Chris A foot on the line foot on the line too Harper that's a two pointer for Derek Harper. A foot on the line three that only counts for two. It's a three-pointer yeah. that you shoot with your foot on the line. Yeah, uh, they it's only... a very special three-pointer that is only worth two points. <laughs> they, it's, yeah. uh, it's one of the one of the one of the key moves in basketball. You shoot a three, but you only get two. Right. A critical. It's actually uh, you know strategic move right there it's actually that is employed harder. over and over again. It's, it's harder than hitting a normal three because you have to make sure both your one foot is behind the line and then the other one is partially That's right. on the line. So it's a very narrow line. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to. to nail that thing right on the so right on the get, money they only give you um, two for that but uh yeah Derek uh, Harper yes, Hubert Davis Harper. these guys were just absolute absolute masters of it Harper hits the foot on the line three the counts for two we have 545 left Smits goes glass Smits set up beautifully presented the ball by Scott and Rick Smits with a nice touch off the glass 35 29 Pacers at this very, point very Tim Duncan-y right there very yeah. much yeah very much 430 remaining Knicks have been outscored 21 to 8 incredibly mm. 
just just really getting uh, whipped here in the second quarter. Uh, an offensive, a pretty bullshit offensive foul on Ewing after he pushes Smiths off the block. Yep. My goodness, for a seven foot four inch man, Rick Smiths would just get pushed around like a rag doll. Um, really, uh, really disheartening to see that uh, from Rick Smiths. It's eighteen to six, Indiana on the quarter now. Uh, Knicks are three of twenty. Three of twenty from the field in the second quarter. Insane. Uh, just incredible <laughs> uh, numbers there. Um, uh, but but you know they're still fighting. They're still clawing. A couple of offensive rebounds by Ewing. He gets it on the uh, on the second follow. Great effort there. The crowd is still into it. They're chanting defense here. Knicks are down 33-39. The uh, commentators uh, remind us that uh, Greg Anthony and Haywood Workman got into a melee in Indianapolis earlier in the season. Um, which uh, I think I remember that it was like a pretty pretty big brawl, um, classic Greg Anthony uh, brawl. Um, let's see, I have here a three second violation on the Knicks, and in my notes I just wrote, "Oi, this offense." Yeah. Um, not pretty, folks. Not pretty at all. Uh, Knicks are down six with two minutes to go. Um, I mean, mercifully, Reggie Miller is still uh, you know pretty silent. Uh, he clanks another. Another shot. Um, he's he's really not been doing anything here in the second quarter. Um, but uh, but let's see here. Harper banks yeah. one in, and somehow the Knicks are still within four. Incredibly, um, yeah. So one forty yeah. left. Derek Harper hangs a bank shot. Harper bank shot by Derek Harper, and it cuts it to a four point pacer lead. 39 to 35 the Knicks are in with within striking distance only down four points and then on the opposite end on the defensive end the Knicks force a 24 second clock a shot clock violation a clock violation yeah some some incredible hounding defense from Oakley on Dale Davis yep. just not giving him any daylight whatsoever yeah about a minute to go here in the quarter and uh and Greg Greg Anthony yeah, our man. old friend here's Anthony for three Tonight, hitting from deep in the corner from three-point land to cut it to a one-point Indiana lead. Greg Anthony drains a three, an actual three this time. No feet <laughs> on the line. Right. Um, and impossibly, impossibly, it is a one-point game. 39-38. Knicks are on a 9-2 run after that just interminable drought. Um, and yeah, Reggie misses another one. Um, and I just, I have in my notes, it's so weird to watch Reggie Miller and just not be like utterly terrified of him at all times. Yeah. Like it, it was like actually like very, um, uh, like sort of disorienting and, and jarring to like just watch him look like a normal player. Um, who's just like kind of gone cold. Yeah, it's like when you know someone is an undercover cop or a spy and you're like, <laughs> come on, man, like that guy is. He's about to do something really bad to us. Like, just like, yeah, don't take yeah. your eye off him because whatever he does is extremely suspect. And right, uh, he's trying to blend in and look normal, but, he's but you're not. just like, I, I don't, I don't trust it. Yeah. I don't trust it one, one bit. No, 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 no. Yeah. So Greg Anthony with a huge three, thirty-nine to thirty-eight, with under a minute, and then Oakley ties it. Uh, we are at yeah. forty to forty. Offensive rebound, put back after a Harper miss layup. Yep. Out of ten seconds in the half. Chant of defense. Pacers work the clock down. McKee. Derek McKee blocked. 
by Charles Smith. Derek McKee is blocked by Charles Smith to finish the half, and miraculously, yeah, big, big finish at the half. That big, uh, big block by Charles Smith, who pumps his fist as the buzzer sounds. Yeah, miraculously, and... we are at the half with a tied ball game, forty to forty. I have no idea how the Knicks are still in this, based on how badly they've looked to begin the uh, second quarter. But here we are; it's halftime. Yeah, made no sense whatsoever that they that they could be tied at this uh, at this juncture. After that second quarter, I mean, but that's just what they would do, you know? If they weren't scoring, they would be like, all right, well, we're not going to let you score either. Um, and uh, that's that's what happened. I mean, 40 to 40 uh, is, is our is our score at half. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, these days uh, NBA teams can regularly like put, put up that many points in a quarter. So, but uh, as we know, Chris, this was uh, a different game. All right, man. So let's, uh, let's talk here at the half as we did in game one. Uh, we are without any commercials, so we wanted to quickly give the audience a little, a little uh, you know, chance to stretch their legs a little bit. And we're going to run a, uh, an advertisement of our own, a commercial of our own. And we wanted to continue our discussion about the 1994 Mitsubishi Galant. The all-new Galant brings thoughtful details to every corner of its cabin. These are a few of my favorite things. The Galant, Chris, was uh, a really, really great automobile. Um, it is, uh, it's in fact no longer in production. Uh, I, th- I believe they stopped producing it in 2017. Um, but man, what a run it had. It was uh, it was first um, let's see it was first manufactured in 1969 believe it or not uh, the Mitsubishi wow. Galant um, yeah it had a good it had a, a good long run there uh, of course uh, Galant is a French word meaning chivalrous um, not not sure if you uh, oh, I didn't know were that. aware of that no yeah um, but it's just you know such a fitting word for uh, just a fine, fine automobile. Can we talk features here real quick, Ben? So uh, a couple things. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'd love to just talk real quickly about some of the things that this car came with. So we had a tilting steering wheel. Uh, We had an oscillating headrest, Ben. We have twin cup holders for the driver and the passenger. Um, That's right. We have extra storage beneath the armrest. So that armrest, that's going to pop up, and then you have a full sort of basket in there to throw whatever whatever you want into that little armrest area. Really, really useful, really versatile uh, storage space there. Now, the rear seats, Ben, those fold down, and you have extra storage space from the trunk. So if you have a long, you know, if you're trying to transport something in your car, it's kind of long, a little awkward shaped, you can fold down the back seats and you're going to have a longer trunk space. Uh, so, mm. you know, it helps with cargo space, transporting stuff. And then, Ben, you have a trunk in the trunk. You, you heard me right. A tr- wait, yeah, wait, what? A trunk in the trunk. The floor... Expl- explain that to the me. The floor of the trunk peels up. So you have like a little, little carpeted area. You pull that up, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden it hollows out. So the trunk, uh, the floor of the trunk lifts up for more, even more storage. And wow. all of this comes at a very affordable uh, $13,600, um, you know, if you're looking to purchase the vehicle or if you're, you know, if you're looking to just lease it, it's uh, $179 a month. Um, air conditioning is included with that, 1.2 mm-hmm. APR, $500 down. Um, and again, you know, some of the specs here, th- this is a vehicle with a, you know, it's a four-cylinder engine. Um you know, in terms of uh, gas mileage, you get 22 miles in the city, 29 miles on the highway. It's got a 6.9 gallon fuel tank. Uh, mm. In terms of horsepower, you have a 141 up to 160 
horsepower. It's a four-speed automatic transmission. That's exciting. And um, real nice. Yeah, man. There's just there's just a lot to like about this Gallant. Of course, it comes with a few different um, few different series. You have the the Gallant S, the Gallant ES, the Gallant LS, and the Gallant GS. Uh, all with slightly different configurations, all with slightly different sort of uh, gas mileage, um, but you're getting roughly sure. you know 20 to 22 miles around the city, and then on the highway you're getting somewhere between 26, 29 miles on the highway. So pretty reasonable if you ask me. I like those numbers, Chris. I like those numbers a whole lot. Yeah. On that note, Ben, why don't we head back to the garden for quarter three? Sounds perfect. As we as we come back from our uh, from our halftime break, Al Troutwig announces that uh, quote the final half of basketball that Marv and John will share together this season. Marv, if I'm not mistaken, Al does give a an ever so subtle sniff. Uh, on air, I don't know if you caught that, but I did it, catch it that. sounded like he may have been breaking up a little bit. And then, uh, and then Marv, in his classic fashion, uh, says, "Al, this is so emotional for both of us." Uh, man, I just <laughs> oh, love boy. love Marv's deadpan delivery. Classic. Ewing acrobatically saving a ball as it's going out of bounds on the defensive end. He tosses it to Starks, who finds Oakley off the steal. Back comes Starks. Oakley. Yes. And all of a sudden, the Knicks are in front 43 to 40. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Ewing stealing an inbounds pass. Um, I mean, showing incredible agility yeah. and mobility for a, for a man of his size. Oh, it was the inbounds pass. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I have Miller breaking another long J off a screen. Um, Starks passes it out of bounds. I have in my notes, this is not a great game. Mm. Just kind of, you know, kind of flat offense on both sides here. Yeah, um, yeah Ewing is called for uh, steps in the paint. Uh, another turnover, Knicks. But then he uh, he steals it again on a double team on Workman. Let's see, there's a nice little fast break following that where uh, Smith misses it. Harper grabs a long rebound, um, throws it down to Oakley, who throws a nice little one-bounce pass to Starks for a one-hand jam. Nice pass for Starks. That puts the Knicks up 45-46, yeah. Following a, uh, a strong uh smith's hook shot he's you know he's still quietly like putting it together he's got 14 points now after that uh pacers up one and then i have Derek harper with an awesome drive harper penetrating what an awesome drive by harper grabs the ball doesn't really seem like there's anything there uh but he just kind of creates something out of nothing and just slices into the lane for a uh a really really quick two and i just have my notes why can't he do that all the time again like You'd see these flashes, whether it was from Greg Anthony, you know, Derek Harper, where like suddenly he would look like, you know, he could just take guys off the dribble. So the next thing I have down here is Reggie Miller connects. Miller. Reggie Miller with 12 points. Pacers lead 51 48. There is now six minutes and 54 seconds left. Harper ties it with a three. Harper with room. Miraculously does not have his foot on the line, Chris. <laughs> Harper ties it with three, 51 all. Man, Starks blanketing Reggie Miller. Miller setting it up for himself on a back dribble and claiming that it was foul. Wow, Starks was right on him in his face. He still connects. 54-51 yeah. Pacers up by three. 
Um, very poor man's James Hardeny here where Miller just creates something for himself, just basically does like a little step back, uh, like, you know, kind of dribble yep. step back to create space yep. um, for a three. Ewing answers um, on the other end, 54-53. Smits mm-hmm. comes back, 56-53. And at this point... We've actually got some offense going yeah, here, folks. At this point, Smits is now beginning to look automatic. I mean, it's just yeah. kind of jumper after jumper. He looks really smooth. He really has his rhythm down. Patrick with a sky-high move. Starks for three. Rebound, Ewing. 56-55, just five, under five minutes remaining in the quarter, Ben. About, oh, is that when uh, when Ewing tipped it in? Yes, um, one hour, yeah. nine minutes. Starks missed a three, and it was like a high bounce off the rim, and Ewing was just like timed it perfectly, tipped it in off the off the super high bounce. Harper uh, just scored a, a nice layup. Um, he's really balling. He's he's having a great game, Derek Harper. Mm. Um, yeah, they're basically just trading baskets at this point. Both teams' uh, offense is clicking. Um, and then at this point, I think there's like a timeout or a break in the game, yeah. and Marv brings up the uh, the newspaper back pages. MSG, Mark Messier coming through after making the will win tonight prediction. Captain Courageous's bold prediction. Patrick Ewing of the New York Knicks back on the 1st of April. Made the back page of the New York Post by telling Fred Kerber will win it all. Now, this game was the day after the Rangers won uh, against the New Jersey Devils in their uh, Eastern Conference Finals in the NHL. Uh, they were down 3-2. I actually remember this really clearly. I wasn't like a huge hockey fan, yeah. but because the Rangers were so good and it was just like, yeah. you know, if you listen to WFAN or watched MSG, you were going to become, you know, a Rangers fan uh, along with your Knicks fandom, uh, just kind of like by osmosis. Same, man. Um, my next door neighbor was a huge hockey fan. I wasn't a hockey fan, but my next door neighbor was. And it was just like yeah. him frantically screaming like a lunatic when they won the Stanley Cup was just like, oh, yeah, I remember. I mean, it so was really like, exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I watched like most of those Ranger playoff games, even though I was like only a casual fan. Also, I think it's like um, worth pointing out that there were like actual regional rivalries for New York and New Jersey teams. This this oh, yeah, of course was when uh, professional sports leagues weren't embarrassed to have teams in New Jersey, and like, <laughs> That's right. one could still feel proud to live in New Jersey and have a team in New Jersey and root for a team from New Jersey. Um, Imagine, but that. the New Jersey Devils were a powerhouse in the hockey world and for that matter the new jersey nets were very very formidable as well with Derek coleman and kenny anderson Um, yeah both playoff teams yeah so the knicks obviously defeated the new jersey nets in round one of the 94 playoffs and as you mentioned the rangers had just defeated the new jersey devils yeah so they were up uh actually the 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 devils were up three two and then uh messier makes his guarantee will win in game six and came out and scored a hat trick that night. Um, just absolutely carried the team to the victory against the Devils um, on on the uh, on the Devils' home ice because uh, I think Rangers had home court or you know home home ice advantage, whatever. Um, and then, um, as they note in the broadcast, uh, Game Seven of that series was going to be the next day um, at the Garden. So they had they had Knicks Pacers Game Two one night, and then the next night, um, you know, of course the the Rangers and Knicks play in the same building. Um, and, uh, and so like, you could kind of like feel like that, that energy, like the, the sort of air. In fact, later in the game, um, uh, the crowd starts chanting, let's go Rangers, like towards the end of the game. Um, and, uh, it was like such a kind of like, like that, like communal sort of feeling where like everyone 
it was just like a like a like a like an era like a time for like all new york sports where everyone was just like this is all happening for like everyone at the same time and it was really cool yeah yeah it really was yeah. man. all right so i have us down around three ish minutes left in the quarter 62 57 the pacers are up and I have in my notes here, uh, life is just basically much easier for Patrick without Rick Smith's on the floor. Rick Smith's at mm. this point is now in foul trouble. He's been taken out of the game during a timeout. And the uh, the Knicks are getting back in it slowly but surely. 62-61, Indy up by one point. And then my favorite play of the game thus far, Ben, is... Oh, yeah. Um, Anthony Mason. Anthony Mason. <laughs> so... Yep, who else? Schmitz. Crowd wanted to travel. Rebound, Mason. And Mason to the open floor again. Sets up Harper for three. Yes! Well, not what he had in mind, a shrug from Derek Harper, but he's not giving it back. Big grin crossed his face when that went in off the backboard. He did not have that in mind. He got lucky. Yeah, it's that prancing that high-step dribble. Where Mason looks like he's like out of control, like what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But keeps the ball again on a string, just completely under control the entire time. Yeah, drives into the lane, sucks in the entire defense, leaving Harper wide open on the three point line. Passes it out, and Derek Harper at the top of the key with a bank shot three pointer. <laughs> That's right. Foot bu- banks it in. Both feet behind the line. Uh, banks it in for the three, 64-62. Knicks are now in front, 120 left in the third quarter. The Knicks are at this point around a 7-0 run, and there is, you know, this feels like a momentum uh, shift here for the Knicks, who now take the lead. Um, yeah, again, it's that, that end of the third quarter. You know, the, the closer they get to the fourth quarter, the more they, they can kind of, you know, taste it, yep. taste that blood. And then um, I have it 117-40, Patrick. A absolute monster dunk in transition. 66-62. Yeah. A nine. Off another run. off another uh Ewing steal off off an inbounds pass. I think this is the second time he did that now. Um where Indiana's trying to uh just pass it inbounds. Ewing steals it. That's so right. They're on the baseline. Yeah, look at that, man. He steals it, snatches it away from Smiths. Feeds it to Anthony, back to and back, back to, to Ewing. Ewing. Just monster one hand jam. Insane. Yeah. Crowd is standing on their feet now. Uh yeah, Nick's Nick's up um by uh by four, sixty-two, sixty-six. Um and then another steal. Yep. And now the crowd is just like yeah, they're they're Ballistic. they're yeah yeah. Uh, I believe the Knicks miss the shot here in the end of the third quarter, so it ends sixty six sixty two. The story of the third is basically just a huge late surge by the Knicks. Rick Smith. Yep, they end the quarter on a nine zero run. Yeah, Rick Smith is basically looking really great again. He kind of has gotten out of his funk, but the Knicks rally. And they need to basically just finish this thing out, Ben. You know, it's Patrick's team, this game. It's beginning to feel like, uh, uh, once again, Patrick versus Smith's a battle of the bigs. So uh, That's right. Yeah, we are hurtling here towards the fourth quarter. And then, man, ooh, I know you love this. The first note I have on the, fir- on the fourth quarter is, holy shit, Anthony Mason versus Rick Smith's res- yeah. wrestling for post position. And Dale Davis. Oh, Mason... 
overdoing the physical play on Smith, and I don't blame Smith. I mean, he was treating him like a rag doll. In fact, after the whistle, he kept pushing him too. And Rick Smith's getting an earful from Charles Oakley. These two guys are jawing. They are having words, and it is spicy, man. Yeah, yeah. Mason just pushing Smiths around again, like a very, very large floppy rag doll. I mean, this man is seven foot four. He's got a solid, uh, what, eight, nine inches on uh, on Anthony Mason. Um, but Mason just muscling him, pushing him, pushing him all over the place. Mason gets called for a foul. Uh, he's not happy about it. Uh, he and he and Smiths are jawing now. Oakley comes over. He's jawing at Smiths, and uh, yeah, I am just uh, you know happy like a little schoolboy over here, Chris. Um, big grin on my face as I as I uh, watch this all unfold. I mean, it is <laughs> really considerable how much taller Rick Smiths is than Anthony Mason, and yeah, like Mason is just shoving him around. I mean, shoving yeah. him around. Yeah. 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 I mean, yes, <laughs> I'm watching so it right good. now, the replay. So good. It's so awesome. Yeah, Smits is trying to throw his entire seven foot four inch body into Mason to push him down on the block. And Mason, instead of not, it's not even that he doesn't move. He, Smits actually bounces off and unbalances himself as he tries to, you know, push into Mason. Uh, just ridiculous, ridiculous. Ewing. oh, what a shot. Patrick Ewing. Give the Knicks a 68-62 advantage. 23 for Ewing. Beautiful. So now the Knicks are up by six. Um, and again, like I said, uh, they, j- they just got to hang on here in the fourth. Both teams are playing really hard. 69-62, mm-hmm. nine minutes and 59 seconds left. Uh, Knicks are on a 12-0 run. Right. The last Pacers field goal was with four minutes and 15 seconds left in the third. Uh, we're under 10 minutes now in the fourth. Interesting um, note here that uh, the Knicks have been on a 12-0 run since Reggie Miller sat down with two minutes right. and 32 seconds left in the third quarter. He hasn't come back in since. We are seeing... Yeah, Miller would get point. like very, very long breaks on the bench. I noticed this um, kind of... Um, throughout the series where when he when he sat like he would get rested for like a while almost um, uh pippin like you would say ben mm, yeah yeah um, funny almost scotty pippin like yeah miller's miller is six of 16 from the field uh, uh up to this point in the game right. um you know really again john starks um who you know wasn't doing anything on the offensive side but but as as usual really bothering miller just blanketing him making life miserable for him um on, on offense Second quarter. Oakley swishing another one uh, off a pick. This is 14 yep. in a row now uh, for, for the Knicks. They're up 9, 62-71. I just have in my notes, Knicks defense so tough right now. Miller checks back in at this point. Uh, Hayward Workman finally breaks yeah. the streak, bounces one in. Hayward Workman gets the um, roll, 71-64 Knicks, 8.30 left in the fourth. Miller misses another one, another three now. He is 6 of 17 on the game, followed by Ewing squaring up. Oh, man. This is my favorite. Yeah, I when love this. Pa- Ewing squaring up. Patrick would, would get the ball, you know, knowing that, um, that, that it would be hard to, you know, back Smits down. He would just take it out, face him up, and just swish a jumper right in his face. 
knowing that he couldn't block him. Yeah, 18-2 run by the Knicks now. 7.31 left in the in the game. Uh, Reggie gets down the court in a hurry. Meanwhile, the Pacers get down in a hurry because the Knicks did not get back. What a shot by Miller. Knicks don't get back in transition. A great athletic finish by Reggie Miller at the rim. 75-66. Yeah. Knicks are up by nine. And uh, away we go. We are under seven minutes. Oakley to Mason. From Oakland, the Knicks 77, the Pacers 68. Beautiful pass right there. Yeah, yeah Mason yeah. gets free under the hoop. Oakley finds him with a with a dart. Derek McKee throws it away on the other end, just stifling defense pressure by Mason. You know, just not not giving them anything. And then they show the the, the quote from Reggie Miller. Um, oh yeah, they give us yep. the quote from Reggie Miller. Before the series, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to talk to you about this. So he yeah. says about wanting to play the Knicks, he says, quote, Well, we think they're the best team, and that's why we wanted to play them. We always felt that they were the best team. So, um, you know, even though they didn't have uh, the home court advantage throughout the playoffs, uh, they were the number two seed. We always felt all year, especially with the retirement of Michael, that they were going to be the best team. Yeah. I'm curious, Ben, did you find this bothersome? At first, it sounds like he's complimenting the Knicks because he says... You know, we felt all along that they were the best team. Uh, you know, we want to we wanna play the best team in the league. But he says, we felt that they were the best team, quote, now that Michael Jordan has retired. Yeah. So I have a feeling that Reggie is playing some head games here. He, you know, he, he, he frames it as a compliment, but it is clearly a backhanded compliment. He, right. he has to get in that little dig at the end. Now that Michael Jordan has retired, that little asterisk, and... Um, and as uh, as Johnny Hoops uh, notes, uh, Reggie was trying to be provocative as usual, but not obnoxious. Um, that's according to Johnny Andres. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I got to be yeah, honest clearly, with you, man. I, this didn't bother me so much. Like, I, I, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, egregious I for sure. I kind of respect it. I mean, he's making no bones about wanting to play the Knicks for starters. Mm-hmm, I mean, the teams mm-hmm. did not like each other. There was no mystery about that. Um, but he also calls the Knicks the best team. And I mean, I kind of dig what he's doing. Like he's putting a name on it. Like he's not hiding it. Like if anything, you know, like it's, yeah, if he's taking a shot at the Knicks, like he's not, he's, he's doing it in front of a microphone. Um, right. And I, I kind of respect what he's doing to be honest with you. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's particularly, you know, um, yeah, no, nothing, no foul, no foul play there. Um, I mean, I think that you know the, the little like Jordan swipe was like, okay, whatever. He's just like kind of like doing that for fun. But um, but yeah, no, I think it was clear that he definitely did like respect them. Oh, I think he's being an a- he- I think he's being an asshole, and uh, I, I, I almost appreciate that like he's doing it on camera, like like right, he's like right. yeah, like he's gonna say like he's gonna make this passive aggressive remark about how, you know, the Knicks are the best team now that Michael Jordan has retired. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. man, like, if that's who you are, then that's who you are. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, No, I, he definitely embraced, he fully embraced his role. Yeah. Like, he, he clearly wanted to be the villain. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, what can I say? He was very good at it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe I'm, I'm just looking at it more with a level head now that I'm an adult as opposed to when I was, <laughs> you know, like a 10-year-old. We don't, we don't, yeah. no, we don't do that here, yeah. Chris. Come yeah, on. Yeah. I am, I am, as, as will... <laughs> I, I think it's going to become more extreme as the series goes on here, but I, I am like giving a warning, a blanket warning now to all of our listeners that like, you're going to be seeing a fairly ugly side of me uh, coming, coming out. Um, 
I again, as I've noted in the past, I'm not proud of it. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could control it better, but yeah, I really can't. All right, we have a Smith's jumper, uh, 5.30 left, 78.70, and then Ewing answers at the other end of the court with his own jumper about 18, mm-hmm. 20 feet away. Ewing now has 30 points. The score is 80 to 70, New York up by 10. Five minutes left. Yep. Oakley inside, um, just a classic Charles Oakley type, yep. type hoop Battling. as he battles in, you know, gets blocked, collects it again, goes up again, you know, just in traffic, just won't be denied. Uh, Nick's up 12 now. 8270. That's right. And then we have the Larry Brown. Uh, Larry Brown gets teed up. Teed up during a timeout. Larry Brown upset about a no call on Reggie Miller. So mm-hmm. things are sort of uh, are, are bubbling over at this point. The frustration with the Pacers here is, is really bubbling over. 8372. Starks goes one for two from the line. About 337 yeah. left. Another missed free throw from Starks. And then we have an offensive foul on Smiths after he elbows Ewing in the face. I think that's his fifth yep. now. Yep, yep, yeah. Um, Patrick takes an elbow to the nose. That's five fouls on Smiths. About three minutes and change left in the quarter. And then, Ben, we have what I think is probably the most major moment of the game. The play the play of the game. Yes. Yeah. So this is following. So Reggie uh, hits actually actually connects off a screen. And the final minutes, he's remained on the floor here. Reggie Miller hitting a two-pointer. It's now 74-83 with about three, under three minutes to go. Two minutes and 47 seconds left, yeah. Yeah. So he can, it seems like, you know, this, he he might be starting to feel the game slip away a little bit. Yeah. Um, he just connects on a jumper. You know, he's he's had a bad game. Yep. If he's gonna um, be he, if he's gonna be playing Superman, now is the time he needs to throw on the cape and you know hop out of the phone booth and save the day. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Nick's bringing the ball back down the court. Mason throws a long, kind of a a, a foolish pass. Tries to to uh, toss it across the half court line to Ewing, I believe. Uh, Miller breaks up the pass and is about to steal the ball. Right. But it just slips out of his fingers, goes out of bounds on the sideline, right in front of the scorer's table. Reggie with 21, Miller with the steal, and could not hold on. Oh, I believe he just busted a computer. And Reggie releases a little frustration here now by smashing a computer, (laughs) which (laughs) full on, full on punches a computer that is sitting on the scorer's table and clearly breaks it like this is not a like a slap or like a shove of a of a computer monitor um it looks to be like maybe a printer i think in actuality it's maybe a typewriter or yeah if it could be a typewriter or or if it's a printer yeah it's something with a large dial on the side that like you would load paper into so yeah yeah we've got a very large rectangular kind of a low rectangular uh base here with a very large dial correct a massive massive power cord um (laughs) but clearly reggie has done something Uh. that has exposed the insides of this computer in a way that clearly it was not designed uh designed for and immediately marv 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 and john are on on top of it marv quote he slammed his fist on the computer over at the scores table. <laughs> Not appreciated. 
There it is. Whoa. Also a fine way to break your hand. Oh, I believe he just busted a computer. <laughs> he slammed his fist on the computer over at the scorer's table. Not appreciated. <laughs> and at this point, the crowd breaks into chants of, Asshole. Exactly. Asshole. Yep. The, the announcers are on top of it. The crowd is on top of it. They immediately begin their <laughs> asshole chant, serenading Reggie. Um, as they show the replays, um, uh, Marv, there it is. Oh, also a fine way to break your hand. And now John Andres uh, gets into it. How can he go unpunished for that? I say lawsuit, John. And you could you could break your hand in that moment. Boy, that, that's that's very costly, though. You would think that should warrant a technical foul. And immediately we're told from the far side it's an expensive computer game. Johnny Hoops is not not happy about no this one bit. He says, "How can he go unpunished for that?" Marv responds, "I say lawsuit, John." <laughs> I love my fa- um, my favorite line is Marv. We've been told it's an expensive computer. <laughs> yes. Immediately we're told from the far side it's an expensive computer. Um yeah, Marv Marv is focused on 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 Reggie's hand mostly. He keeps uh, repeating that he he could have broken his hand yeah. in that manner. Meanwhile, Johnny Hoops is is a hundred percent locked in on property the damage. cost. Yeah, like <laughs> the property he damage. Feels this is like this is this is a felony, basically. Yeah, <laughs> John John is all about the crime and the punishment. Right. He says he says, "quote Oh boy, that is very costly, though. You would think that should warrant a technical foul." <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a little bit more banter uh, here. Um, yeah, Johnny Johnny Hoops saying that maybe the refs should consider some new rules. Well, Daryl Garrison is in his last year as the uh, chief of officials in the NBA. Perhaps next year he'll uh, give some thought to a technical foul on uh, disrupting the functioning of a computer. Yeah, that is literally a technical foul. Jesus, Marv, Marv Albert, Marv. Marv Albert, the God, the God. Tip your, oh my God. tip your waiters and waitresses, ladies and gentlemen. Marv Albert, yeah, so good, yeah, so good, so good, uh. so good. Of course, that's not all. A few minutes later, um, you know, by now the 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 game. I mean, we're still we're in the final minutes here. Knicks are up by seven. Uh, Oakley gets inside uh, for uh, makes a couple free throws. So now it's seventy six eighty five. Um, so the, you know, the game is, is getting, you know, pretty, pretty well wrapped up here. They cut back to a, uh, a very, very slow, slow, sort of almost emotional zoom into the damaged computer. And Marv just says, That computer is damaged, John. The hand of Reggie Miller. Now, was it a fist or a kind of a karate slice? I didn't get the close-up look. Just incredible, incredible play-by-play work. It's so um, good. It's sick. Marv just calling it as it is. No need to, to complicate things. Uh, and then he starts analyzing, you know, was it a, was it a fist or more of a karate slice? Uh, Johnny Hoops thinks that it was a karate and then repeats yet again. Who should be made to pay for that? I'm, I'm insistent on that. I, I would think the Pacers will be presented with with a bill. In fact, a member of the officiating crew, one Barry Huckhauser, is an attorney. Now, I would not say that he's an ambulance chasing, chasing top attorney. But you know that Reggie will be receiving a letter, an attorney's letter. 
he should be made to pay for that. I am insistent on that. <laughs> Johnny Hoops wants restitution. He demands it. I love it. I also got, I have to point out the reaction of the guy, of like the scorer. I don't know yes. who this guy is in the black polo shirt with like the, the, um, you know, I think he's got glasses on. I know on. what you're talking about. This guy's reaction is so, so amazing. He's like, he's like literally sitting right in yep, front of the computer. Yep, yep. He's like inches away from it as Reggie slams his hand down and smashes the computer. And the guy reacts in the most just like nonchalant, just kind of like, just like <laughs> makes a, a ever so slightly disappointed face. Yeah, he's like, he's oh, just man. like, <laughs> he he doesn't he doesn't like jump back. He doesn't like stand up. He doesn't make any kind of a like wild face or anything. He's just like, oh, come on, really, come on, man. Yeah, uh. <laughs> he's like, he's just like so like just disappointed yep. in what has just happened. Yeah, yep. his computer is smashed. Uh, he's like, oh, um, I just loaded a new inkjet <laughs> in there, man. Uh. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely a printer. I think when they show the, he's like, the now I'm gonna the, have to replace the, the ribbon on my print on my yeah. My he's like, I'm gonna have to go back to fucking Staples uh. and find find. He's just like, this is such an inconvenience for me. Amazing. Um, I love that guy uh, and his and his face. Um, All right. So uh, my my question was, why are we so like fond of this whole incident? Uh, in your opinion. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just it's just one of those out of the ordinary things. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Reggie being a dick, um, totally. which you know he's just playing perfectly to character. Um, Marvin Andres. It's, it's Marvin yeah. Marvin John reacting yeah. um, in just the most perfect, you know, like sort of being serious, but also clearly like making making light just having of this fun. Yeah, just them having yeah, fun. Exactly. And then also them there's just something goofing around. to me about like. The nostalgia of like old computers. If I'm if I'm being yes, totally honest, exactly. With you, like specifically like the color of that computer. I'm like, right. Mm-hmm. We all had mm-hmm. computers that were basically that like beige that washed out like beige gray. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't quite gray. It wasn't quite brown. It was like no. office light gray. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, it, it, we it could very well be a computer, you know, running. Um, uh, 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 fuck! What was the uh, the internet um, prodigy uh, service? Prodigy, yeah, could it could very well have been uh, you know some some prodigy running on the on that computer? Um, yeah, just like again, just like obsolete uh, equipment where you're like, yep, I remember that. I probably had a very similar looking computer uh, printer in my home, you know, for for my parents to like you know print out their like fucking yeah, taxes or whatever exactly, on exactly with like <laughs> the the paper with like the perforated like edges. Yeah, frankly, the it's, perforated tearaway edges. Yeah, it's yeah. like a it's it's a computer that like. Brian would be using in Surviving Christmas, right? Like, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, very fun, very, very, very fond uh, thing to, uh, to to watch and re-experience. Incredible moment. Yeah. I would love to, I, I didn't have time to research, but we should follow up and see if if, if there were any repercussions. repercussions yeah, maybe for, for, the, for Reggie. maybe for the Game 3 pod, we, we can mention any sort of uh, repercussions that happen. Yeah, we'll do a little post-mortem on the printer. All right, so we got about two minutes left. Smith hits a pair of uh, foul shots uh, with two. 221 left, seven point Nick lead, 8376. Uh Oakley responds with a pair of uh free throws, 85-76. Two minutes left here. Knicks are in front by nine. And then uh I have Ewing with a gorgeous fadeaway jumper, 8776. Mm. At this point, they are up by eleven. Swishes, swishes the J. Ewing has 32. He's hit his last seven shots. 
again, just can't be stopped stop, stopped by uh, by anyone on Indiana. Yeah, and then the play that feels like puts it on ice is Derek Harper with the steal and the bucket and the foul. Harper with the steal, chased by Workman. Yes, and it counts. Uh, 89-76. Ewing comes out of the game. He's riling riling up the crowd as he exits. Massive standing ovation for Patrick. And then, as you mentioned, a chant of Let's Go Rangers. And uh, Yeah, the Let's Go Rangers chant breaks out in the crowd. Um, Also want to just point out real quick that following that that great uh, bucket by Harper plus the foul, love how he slowed down to wait for the contact from Workman uh, and then proceeds to clank his free throw. The free throw, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's basically the game, man. 89 to 78, the Knicks win. They take game two. Uh, you know, in, in summary, basically, like Patrick was incredible. Once again, Patrick was incredible. Oakley was great. Smith, uh, Rick Smith played really, really well. Reggie was definitely better, not good enough. And, you know, the Knicks were too tough, especially during their streaks. They get hot. And their defense, as usual, was just stifling, man. Absolutely yeah. stifling. Yeah. I mean, Fucking 78 points uh, they held their their opponent to in a playoff game, too. Yeah, Ewing finishes the game 32 points, 12 of 22 from the field, 8 of 10 from the free throw line. Very nice there. 13 rebounds, 7 of them offensive. Um, Pulling a little Charles Oakley there on the offensive glass. Uh, Also, 3 steals, 2 blocks, 3 assists, 45 minutes. You know, just doing doing it all for his team. Yep. Putting them on his back. Yeah, Oakley finishes with 17. Derek Harper, hell of a line here from Derek. 18 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. Oh, my God. I didn't realize he played that well. And what did he do from the line? 0 for 3. 0 for 3. 0 for 3 from the line. So good. So, so good. (laughs) Classic Derek Harper game. Uh, Yeah, 8 of 12 from the field. 0 for 3 from the line. So good. All right, man. Well, we are on to games, uh, you know, three, four, five, six, and seven here with the Knicks and the Pacers. Um, We're not going anywhere, Chris. It's a long series. Um, Let me ask you, uh, I I don't know the result of any of these next handful of games. Um, Mm. You know, it's funny, like we know that we're going seven games, so we can't feel too much of one thing or another. But like, how do you feel? How do you feel going into game three here? I mean, if I didn't have any memory exactly. of how this series turned out, I would be like, okay, New York is a better team. I feel team. pretty confident. Like, like, like yeah. I'm certainly like not they... anticipating a sweep or anything, but like, God, we won the first two games. We really yeah, by, like, by manhandled them. Both, both games, 11-point wins. Yeah. You know, we're talking double-digit victories in both games, one and two. We played our, and Indiana our just doesn't look like they have that much. You know, they don't have that much firepower. Yep. Um, and, you know, they're going to be ugly, low scoring games and it just doesn't, it just feels like, okay, that's the next game and they're going to like be able to outlast them. Um, yeah. it, it really like, yeah, I would have been, I mean, I don't, it's funny. I don't really remember, I think because of what happens later in the series, like I don't even really have like a, like a, like a, a real genuine memory of like how I felt, um, after game two. Right. Um, but I have to imagine, I was just like, okay, yeah, this is a team that we beat three, one, uh, you know, last year. It, they're pretty much like the same team. Say, you know, they didn't have. If anything, I'm pretty surprised to be up 2-0. I would have assumed that I would have signed up honestly to for a split. I would have signed because I know how tough this team is, uh, Indiana. Yeah. So, so to be up 2-0, I'm feeling really good. 
uh, yeah. as we head back to I'm feeling real good. I mean, you know, the Knicks are, are practically invincible um, in the Garden. They hadn't lost, uh, you know, at home um, in the playoffs up to that point. You know, they won all four games in the Garden against Chicago. Um, they go up 2-0 here. They have home court advantage. You're kind of like, okay, you know, like I feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, and again, just knowing like, uh, you know, they can't really stop Ewing. I mean, Starks hadn't done anything and they were still, you know, able to, 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 you know, get buckets. Um, and, uh, and Indiana outside of, uh, Smith's just didn't have anything going, um, offensively. So yeah, I'd be, uh, I'd be feeling pretty good. Um, if I were an 11 year old, uh, watching this, this game. Um, and, uh, yeah. So after, after the game, John thanks Marv for the season wow. Uh, he bids him a wonderful time in the playoffs, very touching moment, uh, because, of course, Marv would go on to um, to do play-by-play for the NBC broadcasts, um, but that was it for Johnny Hoops, um, so he bids Marv a wonderful time and says, Marv, it's been a pleasure sitting here throughout the season with you once again, and uh, I'd like to bid you a wonderful time in the upcoming playoffs that will continue. And just remember, Johnny Hoops will be watching. <laughs> yeah, so good. So good. Yeah. All right, man. We are on to, what is it? The Market Square Arena? Is that is that the Oh, boy. Facility? Market Square Arena. Oh, God. I yeah. hated that place, man. That made my stomach turn. Oh, boy. Turn. Made my Chris, stomach turn. Yeah. We're going to have quite a bit to talk about okay. uh, next I game. Wait. I can't wait, man. Yeah. All right. This is a lot, of fun, a lot of fun as always. I will see you, Ben, for game three at the Market Square Arena in Indianapolis. Uh, have a great rest of the day, man, and I'll talk to you real soon. All right. You as well, my friend. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that. My name is Chris Mundelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at us at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, OnTheLinePodcast.com. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Have a great week. I hope you guys are enjoying these uh, fun little episodes that we're doing. Please continue to stay inside, stay safe, and uh, we will talk to you next week. 